Well, well, what is up, everybody? I believe, yes, my mic is on. Thank you so much for, I, I, that video was absolutely amazing. As you guys can see, um, I did not keep the haircut, the amazing haircut that I had all week long. I needed to get it shaved off. I thought my wife uh, might enjoy a change. She's not enjoying it too much. I asked her uh, if she likes this, and she said, uh, when is it actually going to grow back? Um, so, I, you know, maybe a couple weeks, three weeks or so, my hair grows like a weed, but um, my mom has definitely been uh, making fun of me all week long, showing me pictures of people and saying, you resemble this person. Uh, people have been sacrificing all week, though. Their efforts, their time, their energy, my dignity and pride as well, finances. And so we just wanted to thank you guys for everything that you guys have been doing because it's been absolutely amazing. This was a number that we could not do by ourselves. This was a number that God gave us that we did not. Honestly, there were times of doubt in my head where I was like, God, are we going to actually hit this number? But to God be the glory that we did hit 100%. We, we had to hit, what was it, 35% in the last day. We needed, we needed $42,000 the last day, and we did it because God is a powerful God. He is an all-powerful God. It was absolutely amazing. So I enjoyed this entire week. It's been, it's been obviously a crazy week. And today I'm going to tie in my sermon a little bit into Waymaker Week. Not too, too much, but a little bit into it. And we're going to be talking about the harvest. We're going to be talking about the laborers. We're going to be talking about the result as well. I'm going to give you guys points right away because the points are not going to be on the screen today with our technical difficulties. So you guys got them all now. I'll, I'll obviously review over those. But uh, who are my MMO lovers out there? Put a heart in the chat if you're an MMO lover. Who's an MMO? Nobody in here? I, I know some of you in here. Okay. Yeah, I know some of you love WoW and things like that. I play Final Fantasy 14. I'm one of those people. I know. I understand. But MMOs, they have this big thing that you can do, and I didn't know this when I first picked up Final Fantasy XIV. I was playing it my first year, and my first time ever playing an MMO, and I played through the whole base game, and I got to the end, and somebody was like, yeah, did you, did you do any more content? And I said, more content? What do you mean? They said, the high-level stuff. I said, what high-level stuff? Apparently, there's stuff that you can do after you beat the base game, and I had no idea but the reason why was because I didn't have anybody else to play with for an entire year. And so some of you will get this. The content was plentiful, but the guild members were few. Can I get an amen in the chat? I, didn't e I had no idea that there was so much content afterwards where you could have seven, eight, or even 24 people get together to do about 100 hours worth of playing together to beat one trial or one raid just so you could kind of be good enough to be able to do this to get more gear. And I had no idea that this was actually a thing. Hope this makes sense to you guys as I continue into the sermon, but that's the example that I'm going to give to you guys today. I want to read for you before we get into our first point. It comes from Luke chapter 10, verse 1. And it says this, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of, where he, uh, ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. We all know that Jesus had 12 disciples that were following him, but what a lot of people don't understand is that there were more than just 12 people. They're, they're, those were like the main crew, right? But there were 72 other people, and there was many more than that, who had heard the message of Jesus they understood who Jesus was, and they understood what he was coming to do. And he had 72 people that he said, all right, I'm going to send you out into these places. I'm going to send you out to this city. You go to this town two by two, 
and I'm sending you out because I'm about to go there. Jesus had not been there yet. These places had not heard the message of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but when you're, when you're being sent ahead by Jesus, I feel, I, I feel invigorated when something like that happens. Like Jesus is saying, I'm about to go there, and you're going to make a way because when I come in, I'm going to show them who I am, what I can do, the miracles I can do. And so he sends out other people, and he gives them the authority to do things as well, which we'll get into a little bit later. But then he says this, and he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So I wanted to ask you guys, what is the harvest? Jesus didn't always speak in the plainest of terms, okay? He had a lot of parables. He had a lot of metaphors. There were times that he said things that were, they knew exactly what he was talking about, but then there were other times that he would use a metaphor or a parable and nobody would know what he was talking about. So he's standing there, he's standing there, he's saying, you guys need to go out to these places and tell them about me because the harvest is plentiful. I can only imagine what they were thinking at that time. Even if it was fall, they were probably thinking, Jesus, you're like a nomad, all right? There's no field here. There's no grain to pluck. There's nothing to get. Or maybe it was springtime when he said this. We, we got to plant seeds before we can have any harvest, before we can actually gather the grain. What are you actually talking about here? Harvest is fall time, and for a farmer, this is the most intensive labor part of the year for a farmer. If you can imagine, if you have an owner of a farm, and he's got his laborers, and he's got about on a smaller farm, 200 acres, on a larger farm, 2,000, 3,000, or even more than that, acres of land that they needed to harvest. And so they would go out with their sickles and other things that they have to be able to gather grain, to be gathering it all fall long, and they would use this for their food, they would use it to be able to sell, they would use it to be able to feed the laborers and everybody in the house for the rest of the year. It was an extremely difficult time of year for the farmers and the laborers as they would go out into the harvest. So what is Jesus saying? The harvest is those people that don't know Jesus Christ. They didn't understand his message yet. They didn't understand what Jesus had come to this world to do. And now he's talking about the laborers are few. Can you imagine a farmer or an owner of land that has over 3,000 acres of land and one laborer? They would get nothing done. There's no way they could get enough food for the year. There's no way they could get enough food to be able to, to be able to bring out the money so that you could pay for your taxes and other things that you need on a daily basis. There's no possible way. And now Jesus is saying, the laborers are few for us as well for the harvest. The harvest is massive, but we need more laborers out there. We need people who are going to go and tell the message about Jesus Christ. Who's the harvest? It's your coworkers. It's the people in your family. It's your friends. It's the 2.8 billion gamers. Listen, we need laborers, okay? There is such a large portion of people on the internet. Listen, gamers, I'm not going to lie, the community, it's a little toxic, okay? We all know this. It's a little bit toxic out there, especially if you play like League of Legends. That's why I don't play that game. But anyways, he's saying there are so many people. The harvest is even more than plentiful on the internet with all the gamers out there. But then we have a significantly less portion of people that are Christians, and then we have even more less of people that are willing to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. Even less. 
it doesn't even make up a percentage of how many gamers there actually are in the world when you're talking about big numbers like 2.8 billion gamers in the world. And so I really feel like Jesus is trying to help them here and help them to understand that there needs to be some more laborers. 72 people, he sends them out, two by two. So then we're going to talk about the laborers. Who are the laborers? You are. We are the laborers. We're the ones that Jesus is asking us to do a ton of work to be able to understand and help these people understand who Jesus Christ actually is. But the problem is, is so many people come to me and they say, I feel that I'm unequipped. I'm I'm, I'm not prepared to do this. I'm not qualified to be able to tell people about Jesus Christ. There's no possible way. I, I don't have a purpose in this life. I've heard that more than once, that people do not have a purpose. But I want to ask you something right now. What's on your resume? What's on your resume? That's the title of my sermon. I didn't give you the guys' title. I only gave it guys' points. What's on your resume? You see, Jesus, when he came to this earth, if he had come to, the 12, to get the 12 disciples and he was looking at resumes, the disciples would have looked completely different. Because when he's looking at, if he was looking at a resume of people that were well-spoken, they understood what scripture was, they could translate scripture, they could do all these great things, the 12 disciples would have been made up of Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes. You know who those people were? They were the ones that wanted Jesus to go to the cross. They were the ones that were trying to catch Jesus in the act of, I did, hey, he said something that was blasphemous. They were there every, everywhere Jesus went when he was doing a miracle. They were there. They were there when he was healing people on the Sabbath day. You shouldn't be doing that. He, they were asking him about taxes, and he says, give to Caesars what is Caesars, give to God what is God's. They could not catch him because he is the word of God. I don't know about you, but it's kind of dumb. If Jesus is the word of God, you're probably not going to be able to catch him saying something blasphemous because he actually is the word of God. And the Pharisees did not understand this, but if he was looking for a resume that looked good, he would have had the Pharisees by his side. But no, he was looking more at not the resume that we make and what man makes. He was looking at the resume that he made. So let me tell you guys a little bit about his disciples. He's got Andrew, Peter, James and John are his first disciples. And what were they? They were fishermen. In a modern day, this would be the people that work at Bass Pro Shop. It would be Jesus walking in a Bass Pro Shop and Peter walking up to him. Hey, can I, can I help you with something? Jesus says, no, nah, I'm just, just browsing. Hey, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah, sure, shoot. You want to be a fisher of men? There had to have been more context there, okay? I don't, I don't know about you, but if somebody asked me if I want to be a fisher of men, I probably wouldn't just go off. It was Jesus, though, so who knows? He probably said something very influential. For all four of these people, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, to go from their Bass Pro Shop life of living, drop everything that they had, and follow Jesus. Now we got the second person that comes in, Levi. Many of you know him as Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. He worked for the IRS. He was, he was that guy. But the thing about the tax collectors in the New Testament was they were seen as sinners. They were seen as the sinners. Like if you talk about sinners, you were talking about tax collectors. And the reason why is because when the tax collectors would go to somebody's house, they grab the taxes, they would say, well, 
it cost six coins for, for this property. And they would go in and they'd say, can I, have some, can I have seven coins? That's the tax for you. And they would take all seven coins and put one in their own pocket and bring the six to, to what it was supposed to go to. This is what the tax collectors did. And it was well known. So they were known as sinners. So Jesus comes and he looks at the resume and he says, okay, tax collector, yep, we'll take him as well. And then he gets the next person. He gets a Simon, not to be confused with Simon Peter. Simon was a zealot. I believe that's how you say it. Zealot? 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 I don't even know. It's zealot, though. Simon wanted to overthrow the Roman government. That's a big, this is a problem, okay? That's not even an occupation. That's not a career, but this is what he wanted to do. And so Jesus comes down, and he wants another disciple. And he's, in the modern day, this is what Pastor Susie gave to me, I I had to say you in this one. He said, this, these are like the hackers or the DDoSers of our world, okay? These are the people that want to overthrow and just make your life absolutely horrible. They hack your internet, your computer, and they overthrow and just make everything worse. This is who Simon is, and Jesus says, yep, I want him on my team. Okay, not the best resume. And then Jesus gets to, as we, the last person that we know of, of what their career was. This wasn't a career in any way, shape, or form. We have Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot was a thief. He was an embezzler. And Jesus didn't just say, follow me. I'm putting you on my team, but you're also going to be the treasurer. You're going to keep all the money that we take in, and you're going to do good things with it. But what did Judas Iscariot do? He was taking money out of it for himself. Jesus knew that this was going to happen. He didn't do this by accident. We all know Judas Iscariot didn't have the greatest of endings unfortunately. He betrayed Jesus. But the thing is, is if Jesus was looking for people who had good resumes, his team would have looked a lot different. So I want to tell all of you out there, you might feel like your resume is not good enough. You might be thinking to yourself, I'm not a pastor. I can't speak in front of people. I don't have a good voice, so I can't sing. I can't pray like those prayer warriors over there. I can't do all of these great things and Jesus says, that's okay, because I have something different for you. you maybe you are a, a great speaker. Maybe you are a prayer warrior. Maybe you do have this gift, but you, ha- you don't know what it is yet, but God wants to bring it out of you. And not only that, once you learn what your gift is, we need to have the courage and the bravery to go out and to use it. Because there, the laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful right now. It's huge. And if we're not using our gifts together, can you look at what we did this week together, guys? We raised a lot of money to help the capacity of this church. I have watched so many different fundraisers on Twitch before. I've watched Zeldathon, I've watched AGDQ, and they just have hundreds of thousands that come through the channel on a daily basis, and people are just pouring out money. And we have a small community right now, but I can promise you that if I did out the math, that our community is more generous than any other community that's out there on Twitch. I have never seen a community do something like this community has done. And when we come together and we do things together, we make great things happen because God is on our side. And so if we are all laboring for the Lord with our finances, if we're all laboring with our gifts, all of the talents that we have, We're going to make a big impact in the world. We can make an impact on the culture of gaming. We can bring toxicity to an all-new low in gaming. We can make some changes because God is on our side and nothing can stand against us when God is with us. 
we can do some things, and I'm excited for that. And when we are laboring for God, it looks scary sometimes because God's going to ask you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. But I want to promise you something, that he was already writing your resume when you were in your mother's womb. Before you were even a thought, he was already writing your resume. Don't let your own resume that you made or that somebody else made for you define who you are because only God can define who you are. No, we're not perfect. Yeah, we have things that we struggle with. Yeah, we struggle with things in this world, but you are somebody that God has made with a purpose and he wants you to do something in this world to make an impact. Even if it's just on the life of one person, wouldn't it be worth it? So that when you stand in front of Jesus and the person standing beside you is that one person that you led to Jesus Christ and they're going to be allowed into heaven because of the words that God gave you to say to that person. That's what we're called to do. Telling others about Jesus Christ, discipling them so they can go out as well and tell others about Jesus Christ. So we get to the last point, which is the result of what happens. I promise you, you will be fulfilled if you're doing the work of God. When God puts a calling on your heart, it is something else. It is something scary sometimes. Like I said, it's outside of your comfort zone. But when you're doing what God has called you to do, you will have more joy. You will be more fulfilled than you have ever been in your entire life. So I want to bring you guys to the end of that chapter, well, the middle of the chapter anyways, of Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. And it says this, The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Notice this, in your name. They aren't taking the credit for it. They're saying, Jesus, the demons are subject to us, but in your name. And they came back with joy, fulfilled. Before this, in verse 3, we didn't go into it, but he says, Jesus says, I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Don't carry a money bag. Don't take extra clothes. Don't take anything with you. No extra food. You're going to be provided for. Don't worry about it. And guess what happens? It was scary, but they returned with joy. In verse 18, and Jesus said to him, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus said that he saw Satan fall like lightning. Have you guys ever been walking down the street or driving in a car, and so you see a flash, but somebody else actually saw the bolt. like, did you see that? You're the one that's driving. Obviously, you didn't see it. And you're like, that would have been really cool to see. Lightning looks really cool, okay? When I'm walking along and somebody else sees lightning, I get a little bit depressed if I didn't see it, to be completely honest with you. I love looking at lightning bolts and things like that. It's really cool. But it happens in a blink of an eye. It's sudden. And Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What does he mean? There was a community over here that Satan had a grasp on, but he's starting to lose his grip on that. I saw this person over here that Satan was holding on to, but you know what? He had to let that person go because he came to know Jesus Christ. I don't know about you guys, 
But one day, when I get into heaven, first of all, I want to see Jesus Christ. I want to give him a big hug. That's, that, that's what I want to do right when I get into heaven. I, don't, I believe fully that the first person we're going to see when we get to heaven is our Savior. But I want him to stand there and say to me, I saw Satan fall like lightning in the gaming community. The gaming community, when we came in five years ago, there was not another person on Twitch that would say that they were a Christian. There was not another person on Twitch that would go to preach the name of Jesus. That's just super unpopular and it's still super unpopular today. But let me tell you, the grip of Satan is getting looser and looser and looser. And we are going to see Satan fall like lightning. We are going to see Satan fall like lightning. And so I have a question for you. Are you ready to sacrifice with us? Are you ready to sacrifice your talents? Are you ready to sacrifice with blood, sweat, and tears sometimes so we can give Satan a black eye every single day? Because let me tell you, if we can all come together and we have Jesus by our side, we are going to fight Satan like nobody has ever fought him before. I want our names to be noticed by the demons so that when they see Micah, when they see Pastor Susie, when they see Beth, they go running in the other direction. I don't want anything to do with that person. They have too many people around them, too many people fighting with them. I want to see Satan fall like lightning. I want to see him fall like lightning. Jesus has already given us an assured victory in this war. The victory came when Jesus died on a cross and he rose from the dead three days later, breaking sin, breaking death, breaking the grave, so nothing can hold us down when we accept him. But then here's the last part. Jesus tells us not to rejoice in all those things that the 72 disciples were doing. Don't rejoice in the fact that you guys were casting demons out of them. Don't rejoice in those things. Those are great things. They were fun. Waymaker Week was fun. It was a great time. But don't rejoice in those things. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I'm going to have Pastor Susie in just a second come up here. So some of you maybe have never accepted Jesus Christ before, and we're going to give you the opportunity to be able to accept him. But I also want to ask a question for those of you that already know Jesus Christ. Are you serving? Are you serving for him? Like I said, we need people to come together, to serve together, to continue fighting forward, to continue fighting Satan, and to continue fighting the enemy because there is a large grip that they still have. 2.8 billion gamers, and we haven't even made a dent yet. But I believe that as we continue growing as a church and as other partners continue to come along with us on Twitch, that we will make an impact in the world. There will be people that come to know Jesus Christ that Satan would have never thought they would be going to heaven. And it will be because of the impact that we are making because God is with us. Let me read that last part again. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So my final question is, is your name written in heaven? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for what you've taught us, Lord God. And I thank you for what you continue to do in our lives. Father, right now, I pray that there's somebody out there who knows you, who is growing in you, Lord God. 
who doesn't know that they're a leader, who doesn't know that they can create a massive impact with their friend group or with who they play with on the internet, Lord God. But I pray that you would help them to understand that you have created them for a purpose, that you have created them with talents that they don't even know. God, let us work together. Build up inside of us a fire, Holy Spirit, so we can continue working for you, fighting against the enemy. Give us the strength, give us the power, and give us the authority, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.